think you know me uh, from our clubhouse rooms and, and also afterwards how I'm passionate about this thing, which is the health of the entrepreneur. And if, as you know, I've been doing this 90 day challenge, going crazy live on, on YouTube on the podcast. Um, and on, I can't remember which day it was, but one of my guests was uh, chef James Barry, who has cooked for the likes of Tom Cruise and uh, Barbara Streisand for the, for the older generation and, and, and others as well. And he told me that, you know, at the core of any business plan has to be a health plan. And I couldn't agree with him more. That's the core. That's the fundamental core of any sustainable, uh, scalable business, both for the founders, the entrepreneurs, and also the, the team themselves. And both, you know, going through a personal health experience might be the reason why you pivoted into the health space. But most of us often, me included, don't learn from our experiences we continue to repeat the same mistakes so i'm going to stop preaching right now and get to you i'd love to hear your take on maybe a personal experience or someone that you've seen without naming them and any insights any learning that you've got from what it's really like being an entrepreneur what are the challenges you might face whether it's in your health in your relationships and how do you overcome them You know, it, it, it hits a few spots in me, like, uh, because I, I, as you mentioned, like I, as an entrepreneur, uh, uh, I, I've dealt with a lot of it myself, even before I embarked on this journey. Uh, but also I, as an advisor, I do see like a, a startups on a day-to-day -day basis. I think the biggest challenge that people out there, non-entrepreneurs uh, are uh, facing when they, they want to enter this, this world is, is a misperception. Uh, people have the false idea of um, like you just come up with an idea on the back of a napkin and you go to your basement and boom, you're Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, it just doesn't work like that. I thought that was <laughs> true. I've got tons of napkins right next to me, man. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, to, to burst that bubble. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And, and I see this like uh, on a day-to-day -day basis that people like taking almost too much risk uncalculated. And, and if you're in like in your early 20s, like, and then you, you have any family, uh, just a single guy or gal, like and you, you can afford it probably, you can bear it, you can weather it. But, but a lot of times I see like people that are a bit more established you know, like uh, they have a mortgage, have a family to provide to, pretty comfy position at the corporate. And and a lot of times they really don't know what they're getting into. So like the difference between uh, the actual entrepreneurship versus the fantasy, uh, like Hollywood version of it is, is in my opinion, the biggest challenge that entrepreneurs are facing on a day-to-day -day basis. The sense of disappointment, uh, is 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 quite is quite big and quite common. Uh, this is what I see in other people, uh, and it's really like uh, it's not helpful. It's less than ideal for them. 
what like this is basically the general center but i think in in detail like entrepreneurship can really be a lonely journey i think people can only at a time focus on one or two things in their entire life you can't like it's just in a movie that somebody is like a, a very successful ceo wakes up in five in the morning family person and also like plays piano and uh, to the best like maybe there are some people like the superhumans but generally speaking like you can only focus on one or two things especially as a first-time entrepreneur nobody knows you nobody cares and uh, you have to work like three times four times as hard as your peers you have to really have the smarts honestly like it's very brutal you have to you have to be smart otherwise you can't really make it <laughs> and and that's that enormous amount of focus has a couple of risks associated with it Uh, first is that you it's it becomes a lonely journey because you kind of have to sacrifice on a lot of your social uh, relationships uh, and, and also romantic relationships for the fact of the matter uh, and and this this uh, can't is not easy on you as a social animal we do need social interactions But like you soon realize that your interactions, your social interactions are, are people like in events or, or your colleagues. Uh, and, uh, and you just like always are working and you have to kind of like, you know, cancel a lot of events that like your friends events and things like that. And you just can't spend like the flexible, like you don't have the flexibility to spend like weekends. Like, you know, a lot of times you have to work weekends as well. So, so that is the first first, in my opinion, drawback, uh, it just really creates a toll. The second drawback of this over, overly focused uh, attitude towards your startup is that it becomes kind of part of your identity, which is very, 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 very dangerous uh, because startups, 99% of them, I don't know what's the, the reason is that, but they fail fact of the matter is they are they fail a lot of them fail if you're thinking of creating a startup a lot of them will fail though the ones that make it it's really fun even if they fail it's a fun journey but you have to really go for it for the journey not for the outcome so when i see people like and i've seen people after the startup fails they, they, they kind of take it really really personally and It's very challenging, right? They start self-doubting themselves like in every sense of the matter. And and it's really, I've seen people like really getting, like, becoming like, like alcoholic or using drugs or things like that, uh, which is very, very, very challenging. The, the third uh, challenge with, with having too much focus in, uh, on, uh, on, on your startup, which you kind of need to do, is, is do, you may actually start lagging behind on just your basic self-care. Uh, and in uh, that, like, you know, it, it basically adds to it, right? And, but ironically, as an entrepreneur, if you lose your performance, which all, the, all what I mentioned kind of contributes to it, the odds of you making dramatically decreases. So you know, you not only need to be like working three times, four times as others, you have to always be at your A game. 
you can't be like you know you can't afford meeting an investor and just not being your best version <laughs> it just especially as a first time entrepreneur you you only get like a few chances you don't want to miss them right so uh yeah it's it's very challenging and, and i've experienced it too honestly uh, a lot of times I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like when you see your peers like doing this and that, you know, and, and then you're really like lost and then about to go home. That's right. So, so it's not easy. I think the, the, in my opinion, the most important uh, factor uh, is, is that like people need to build in themselves and continue to work on it is resilience and perseverance. Because uh, if you do something long enough, you will make it. <laughs> but you need to be able to don't break, and in the in, in along the way, and you need to be persistent and continue working on it, and be mindful of the feedback you're getting. And you can't afford being ignorant either. But but uh, you have to be a little bit like um, not a prick, but like you need to be a little bit self-centered. You need to be, uh, uh, but you need to also like, you know, have the, the appetite to, to go through hardship, like, and then come out of it uh, in shape. So a couple of things that I did uh, and I'm continuing to do is like, I try to work out and I try to work out. Um, I, I was running, but unfortunately I can't run no more. Like I have, I have an injury, uh, but then I was, I, I, I so tried to do meditation which was quite helpful in my opinion. And, uh, and I try to uh, kind of have one day a week that I don't work. Uh, this is something that I even to date, now I honestly like uh, I have usually Saturdays and Sundays off. Uh, I can't afford to do it right now, <laughs> luckily. But, but for a long time, I was working seven days. Then I realized I can't do it. Then I reduced it to six days and I kept it at six days. You need one day at least that you don't touch anything in your like a complete distance. And even if like servers like go on fire, you should not really like get involved. It's just that one day uh, is, and I, for that day, I, I usually went on a long run. And, uh, and then I, I tried to like hang out with my friends or talk to my family over the phone, uh, just like completely phase out myself. And, and I think that was quite helpful. Like, you know, especially the run part, because, you know, like I would, I almost went on a detox of thoughts like for, and I was like training for a marathon, like always like for a few years, an hour, two hours just going around the city and I let the thoughts come like, you know, and after the end of the run, I was somewhat empty, you know, uh, which was really helpful in my opinion. I asked this from many people and I honestly haven't uh, given you forewarning on purpose. But if you were, you're an entrepreneur, so this should be easy. If you, you're aware of the health problems out there, whether it's mental or physical health, and let's focus on Canada if you want, but it's your choice. If you were going to launch the next startup in the health space, what problem would you seek to solve? Uh, very interesting. Uh, <laughs> so I am very passionate uh, 
about uh, and like personally affected uh, as well. But uh, my my loss, my grandfather to it, I very much loved, and uh, I'm very passionate about cancer. Actually, uh, it's a very challenging field. I uh, I at some point of my life, uh, I I do want to dedicate. Uh, uh, a good 10 years of my life to try to do something in data space. Necessarily not a, a startup for, for, for profit. Uh, actually, like I, I much rather it be like a, a social enterprise of some sort. And, uh, and it's just such a complicated issue that I can't really tackle it from a scientific perspective. But I feel uh, where I can come into play is is uh, really creating the support system uh, for the patients and their family members uh, that they that have to do like, or, or early on detections or preventions or things like that. That is an area that I'm very, very passionate about. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so, but, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's something uh, yeah, that I yeah, yeah. really care about. I hear you, and and uh, sorry that you you've obviously been through that. And uh, I think I may have said this to to you, but for sure uh, on these episodes, you know, I, I'm the same. A few years ago, lost my dad to terminal cancer, and that was tough. But and there's many other stories like that of people in our family that I've I've lost. But just to echo what you just said, which is there's a lot of attention going, obviously, to prevention and treatment but not necessarily enough attention going to supporting the family as a whole, whether it's the individual or their support network, the carers especially. And the one thing that I'll, I'll share that I valued the most from my experience. So I'll give you, I'm gonna be very frank, very honest right now. And I <laughs> hope this doesn't get me into trouble, but that's okay. I think these issues are really important to share. There's a difference between different cultures and different countries with, with the way we behave. You probably know this. In certain countries, the last person to find out about the diagnosis of cancer is the patient. Usually everyone else has heard about it and then they'll tell the patient or they'll choose not to tell them at all. So that you can debate and I'm not gonna get, in, get into that debate. But the, there's been times that I've seen where the physicians, the clinicians had zero experience on communication skills when it comes to sharing and preparing someone for a bad news, the diagnosis. Um, here in the UK, as a medical student, the, when I was training, it might have changed now, but there were two uh, stations on the practical exam that you could fail and had to repeat the entire thing. One was the obvious, which is how do you resuscitate and shock someone back to life? The other one was communication skills and breaking bad news. And when I was a trainee, as a student, apologies, a few, quite a few of the students failed that one station and had to repeat the entire year. So it's that important. And that's why I want to say how here in the UK, when my dad, for example, was diagnosed and we had him going through his care, his terminal like palliative care, um, the best part of that, honestly, was the, the care that we as carers of family members got whether it was going into the hospital appointments and there was a special it felt like a vip zone it was so different from every other area of the hospital um, obviously from charity donations and, and all that but also the palliative care team the counseling team they made a, an, an active uh, kind of they were very proactive saying 
not only what do you need as a patient, but they would approach you as the carer, as the family member, and would you like any support? And I took them up on it. I honestly felt so much value from getting that. So anything you can do as a social entrepreneur, it doesn't matter if it's for profit or not. Uh, if you can add value to patients' lives, carers' lives, um, that would be fabulous. And I'd love to see where you go with that and uh, happy to explore it with you. Um, Said, feel free to come back on that and also share any final words. Thank you. Uh, look, I think cancer, any, any type of disease, but, but cancer particularly is really a fight uh, that the patient is, is uh, the fighter. And the moment that they uh, kind of uh, raise their hands to, to, the, to the enemy, uh, they lose the battle. And, uh, and I think it's very important uh, to empower not only the patient, but the people around the patient uh, to be able to support them in this fight, which is a, a lot of it is like really psychological and it does impact the quality of life of the patient. It's something that changes the life of the patient for a lot of times forever. Or, or ends it for the fact of matter or but also like uh, that the, the trauma that the, of going through that also changes the life of the family members or caregivers for a long lasting time so yeah i, I hope that that, that I, I get the time or the chance to to work on it and i and i will bug you at the time because there was i i love you i i think you have oh, your great energy and uh, and i just admire uh, your passion as a physician to to these issues issues and and i think i think uh, what you're trying to do is very much needed i wish more physicians come to the place that you are and and more entrepreneurs also like develop these like help seeking behavior of not only like looking after their own health but also like reaching out to folks like you to uh, get help on launching a startup um, it's like it's just it's very refreshing that people like you exist and, and it's just like you know it's it's really the silver lining that uh that uh, that kind of like points to a brighter future uh really appreciate it i really really enjoyed chatting with you and and i hope uh, uh that to be on your podcast again if, if you see if you find a cool topic i'm always happy to chat with you thank you Said, thank you so much you're always welcome back and thank god for this flash white lighting you can't see me blushing when you're saying all of that good stuff so i appreciate it and i'll send you the check for all the kind words later oh i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding